0: One, two, three...
1: Welcome to Three Song Stories. We're the home of the song story and the practically magical way they bring out the storyteller and our guests. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest today is Aaron Gerhard. Aaron was born in 1986 in the small town of Indiana, Pennsylvania, hometown of Jimmy Stewart and the Christmas tree capital of the world. He says he grew up playing ice hockey and riding dirt bikes on slag heaps of coal waste great image. After moving across the country several times, Aaron eventually landed in Fort Myers for his senior year of high school in 2003 at the Cypress Lake Center for the Arts got his Bachelor of Arts degree at Florida Gulf Coast University and his Master of Fine Arts at Arizona State University. He then moved with his new bride to Spain to be a language assistant for the Ministry of Education. As an active visual artist, Aaron has exhibited his work nationally and internationally. He's currently the gallery director at the Alliance for the Arts in Fort Myers and an adjunct professor of art at FGCU. He now lives in Cape Coral, where he maintains an active studio, works on his garden, and goes on primitive camping and fishing trips as often as possible. Hey there, Aaron. How you doing? Hey, good. You know, one of the things I love most about this job is there's so many things that I get to do that really aren't on my job description, like fixing all the audio stuff that we were just dealing with, or at least helping Richard fix. And for instance, on your job description, when you got hired at the Alliance, was getting things off the top shelf part of your job description, or was that just something they make you do? (laughs) It was an extra bonus that was added afterwards, (laughs) the human ladder. I used to be the tall guy, so I know, like, getting that box of cables off the top of the shelf above the coffee machine and things like that like that. That was part of my daily life. Um, Welcome to the show. Thanks. How present was Jimmy Stewart in your childhood growing up?
0: Well, he wasn't bouncing around town, but I went back years later and they do have his voice on the crosswalks. So when you push the button to cross the street, he goes, you may cross the street now. (laughs) And he'll walk you across the whole way with his voice.
1: (laughs) Um, Explain to our listeners what's meant by that.
0: Uh, so my hometown, Indiana, Pennsylvania, is also the hometown of Jimmy Stewart from It's a Wonderful Life, the, the movies, Hollywood, films. Um, and his family owned the drugstore downtown, very small town, historic town, college town. But uh, it was a nice little
1: side note that they had there. Um so when you were growing up, since it was the hometown, was there any awareness? About, you know, like, hey, you know, was, was there like a plaque or anything?
0: Yeah, they had a big statue down there and uh, <laughs> plaques
1: around. Now there's a whole museum and everything. So You're like, I had no idea we were going to be talking about this for this <laughs> the much. The whole statue. Yeah, He's just like, what, this is, why? And by the way, now I want to go on a search for other cities that are the name of another state. Oh, there's a lot in Ind- Pennsylvania. Indiana, Pennsylvania. Yeah. There's a California, I think. There's a Ohio, probably. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, what was the musical background of your childhood there in Indiana, Pennsylvania?
0: Uh, well, Indiana, yeah. Born, raised there. I bounced around a lot, but, um, growing up up there, I mean, it was probably just a lot on the radio. I don't remember a lot distinctively that was, you know, being piped around, but, uh, I mean, primarily country, like radio country, pop country, you know, nineties, eighties, nineties. And then, um, uh, a lot of... Different, uh, just kind of like rock and roll on the radio, a lot of road trips, stuff like that, listening to the radio. So whatever was kind of on and around, as far as being a child growing up.
1: Were your folks playing music in the house?
0: Yeah, my dad uh, later had a large stereo setup, big tower speakers and everything like that, um, turntable. So I got to play around with that. And those are some of my first experiences with, with hearing some crazy sounds come out of that thing and going, whoa, what was this? My dad was into a lot of different variety of music,
1: so... Uh, any music being played on instruments?
0: Um, no, not in my family particularly. No, no, not really at all. When did you pick up a guitar first? Uh, well, I wanted to play trumpet first, and my parents were like, eh, well, probably not the best idea. <laughs> and uh, so shortly after, I think, a few years, I got a guitar, was into that, and um, they got me a electric guitar and acoustic and started messing around, took me some lessons out in the country with a guy to go out and uh, learn some licks and stuff, but... um it didn't really progress from there. I took a break for probably till I was in high school
1: and picked it up again. Been playing ever since? Yeah, pretty much. What was the first band or musician that became like something of a fixation for you when you were younger? When I was younger, it was a lot or of... Or even into your teen years or just Yeah, whatever. I mean,
0: it was sort of developed. It sort of progressed, you know. Like I heard some stuff from my parents playing. Like I heard some... First album was like a Tom Petty Wildflowers album that kind of blew my mind as an album as a whole and like the range and then into a lot of classic rock. Just like I think when I was a little bit older, my dad got me. We, We would do road trips a lot. I played travel ice hockey, so we'd be listening to the radio a lot. Up in Michigan, driving around a lot of like late-night radio shows, doing deep cuts and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I got really into, like, Who, who's this band? I'd always ask my dad, who's this band? Who's this one? Who's that one? And try and decipher all the differences and subtleties. And so when I got a little older, he got me a collection of CDs from, from his days, some Jimi Hendrix, um, Bad Company... Uh, just like a whole survey of of uh you know early rock and roll and so got into that and just really dove in. What was your vibe in high school? Were you a hockey player in high school uh yeah definitely i was um my claim to fame junior uh i was a junior in high school, and I was the uh the uh capital uh, the captain of the varsity hockey team Wow, so I bounced around I, I didn't fit in any one group and I purposely tried not to I moved around a lot, so I was always making new friends but um so, I would kind of bounce back and forth. I'd hang out with the hippies and play hacky sack, and a lot of us were on the hockey team. And then, um, would go in, I didn't, and be also an artist, be sort of the outsider. I was going to say, yeah, we artists. were an artist
1: hockey player. Probably yeah. not a lot of overlap there. <laughs> I don't know many hockey players. I know a I lot think, of artists that don't play hockey. Yeah. I think it was just like, <laughs> it was a weird
0: group because there was multiple, like, some of us, we all played. Uh, instruments and we would perform in the talent show and stuff there was like our goalie played drums and a couple of the other guys played guitars and sang and stuff and and we messed around and we'd have a little what would you have played in
1: the in the talent show
0: uh we did a really bad rendition of some incubus songs and probably like a rock and roll uh probably i can't remember which one we did a classic rock not zeppelin or anything but it was something like that probably poorly renditioned (laughs) did you ever have a band uh i've been played with bands I, I wouldn't technically call myself in them i sort of jumped in and around so you've never been locked stages. in with a
1: band for a while
0: no no just casually played a lot of jamming a lot of bands. <laughs> yeah gun for hire uh, a lot of uh jam sessions and stuff like that and early days in the formation of a band i was one of the introductory members and now the band is named after me Oh. <laughs> He's my brother-in-law, so that kind of worked out <laughs> weird. He's like, can I name the band after you? Which the band? Uh, the Fritz. Oh, okay. Which is my middle name. Yeah, yeah. He's like, that's a cool name. Can I steal that? I was like, all <laughs> right, I guess. If you give me
1: rights.
2: So, wait, is the band <laughs> called The Fritz? or The Fritz, <laughs> Okay. Yeah.
1: I and thought I'm... you meant the band. I'm like, that can't be. You yeah, that one. The band. Be, yeah. know. I know. My brother's in the band. I'm like, that can't
0: be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a bunch of us that all played... Together in that time frame, it's how I met him, how I met my wife, how I, a lot of things happened in those days that happened down here in Fort Myers, where I met a group of outsider musicians that a lot of us were from other places, and we got together through music and hang out after school and play guitars and you know were you were you playing along with him before you
2: like were dating her or did yeah you, okay
0: yeah definitely yeah we i, I when I met him, I was like, oh I got to be friends with this guy because I was playing a lot and um doing because when I moved down here to Florida from Michigan being an ice hockey player came down here (laughs) went to Cypress Lake and then was just kind of hanging out I before we moved my parents I was pretty upset about the move being in varsity and like senior year and all this stuff and the team was just coming together and I think we went to regionals championships like that year before and so when we came down and my conditions were um one to let me stay another month with my dirt bike at my friend's house and then the other one was to what did I get? A, an amp and a new guitar. <laughs> so when I moved down here, that's all I did was hang out in the condo
1: and just play looper on guitar for hours and hours on end. So that's you, sort of how I got a little and then better. You, you went to Cypress Lake Center for the Arts. Mm-hmm. Was that just like when you guys got to town? It was like, oh, look, there's an art school. And then you applied for it and you got in. Or was that something that you knew was here when they moved here? My parents were pretty forward thinking and kind of looking out and planning ahead
0: when they knew that they were going to come down here. And my grandparents had been down here. I've been coming to Sanibel and stuff since the, when I was a kid. So they've been down here since the seventies and, um, they knew about the school or heard about it and, and, uh, you know, planned ahead and had me apply the the year before or whatever. And, um, you know, I'm still friends with, uh, Tim Smith and Ava Rader real close uh, who were my teachers there. And, uh, they said, you know, we always use you as the exception. You're the one that came in as a senior. And, you know, normally it's a, a tough call there to, to jump in and, at the, at the Center for the Arts. And and you came in and you, you rocked it. So, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Tim Smith and I would play, play music afterwards, after class in the ceramic studio. Great
1: acoustics. Oh, way. that's cool. My <laughs> daughter goes there, so she really digs it.
0: And then I had... I didn't have any friends, so I had... Uh, Tim Smith and another teacher there accompany me on the stage for the
1: talent show there. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. What'd you play? A guitar, I don't just some random spacey jam kind of oh, thing. Oh, I see. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, last question before we get to your first song is, do you remember what was the first song that you slow danced to? Oh, that's a weird one. Uh,
0: probably <sighs> some serious R&B, probably, or something, I don't know, it would be... Because... <sighs> Weird one. <laughs> <laughs> we aim to please, Aaron. <laughs> Just
2: like the, re- the refusal, like that was
0: weird. No. <laughs> no. I was thinking of something maybe a ice skating rink or you know skating around holding yep. with Boys is, to is men skating. Type. Yeah, yeah, one of those skating around
1: with a girl holding hands or maybe. something, bopping. Okay. <laughs> <it's an> <laughs> uh, all right, it's time for your first song. Do you want to t- tell a story? Do you want to listen to it? How do you want to proceed? <sighs> all right. Well, this one. I can preface it if sure. I can do a little bit. Oh, vote. yeah, you can
0: have anything you want, yeah. All right, so this one's kind of a uh, it's a blend of some genres. It's kind of like hippie grass. So um, Keller Williams and uh, Larry and I can't remember his wife's name, the the Keels, so it's Keller and the Keels. Keller Williams was not the realty agent, the um, musician. He would do like... He did music festivals with, um, and he did Grateful Dead covers and he would just do jams with like bluegrass bands and stuff like that. And he did a, had a solo project where he did loopers and stuff like that. But the, the keels were also just part of this genre that we all got really into bluegrass in high school and would go up to the Sphere of the Swanee Music Park and stuff like that and see Peter Rowan and Tony Rice and those guys right after Vassar died. And it was a big part of that, that era. And this song, this uh, whole album was played on repeat practically during a road trip. And I'll get into some of the details of that road trip later, but just think fun, freedom, rolling down the road and an old 76 uh, Mercury Monarch with silver flames and smoke coming down the side. And then we're blaring this music, my future wife and I, while cruising down the back roads through Florida, Alabama, Georgia, all across, heading out west.
1: All right, I like that. This is Goofballs by Keller and the Keels from the 2006 album, Grass.
2: up on Goofballs, the
0: So you were heading west? Yeah, we were headed west. Yeah. How far west? Uh, well, my parents had just moved out to Colorado. That was first semester out here. You're going out there for a visit? Yeah, I stayed the summer. And, um, you know, I was originally going to go myself, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to have this trip, you know, just going to be me on the road and my car, and you know, just I'll just high-speed burn it out there and get, get out west, and, um, this, uh, New love of mine who we had um, just recently gotten together just like a few weeks or months ago. Where'd that, you meet? That, uh, through uh, my brother, through her brother playing music. She first saw me sitting on a porch railing playing guitar at night and in the shadows. And she's like, who's that guy playing guitar over there? Mm. But <laughs> we were friends for probably two or three years. And then eventually we realized, hey, you know, I think we uh, like each other. So I had to give her some heavy hints,
1: and uh, she didn't wasn't quite getting it. But then her friend <laughs> helped her out, and then it was the rest is history. So um, you said you went to Spirit of Swanee? Mm-hmm. Uh, was that part of that trip, or was that just uh, since then or otherwise?
0: No, we stopped up there, though, and went and saw the, uh, the caves, the Florida caverns. Mm-hmm. That was—we were nearby. But uh, no, not that trip. I didn't take that car to any music festivals or anything, but— um, yeah, she, she, you know, I was going to take the trip myself, and then she said, you know, I I should come with you. It'll be a lot more fun if I come. I was like, oh, all right, you know, okay, 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 it was kind of my trip, but I, I was like, all right, let's do it. You're probably right, and boy, was she right. <laughs> 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 and uh, so we were cruising up. I said, this is back in the days we'd go to, like, AAA and get our maps and everything, uh-huh. and we were, got our highlighters out, and we made the the route, and and uh, I was like, well, let's cruise some back roads, you know, because the car couldn't, it didn't have A.C., and it was, you know, early summer and um didn't have AC, you had like vents that you could pull out to get a little airflow on the floor. And um so we're like, we'll take and it couldn't really handle the highway too too much. It was a straight six, but it was an old car and um didn't really like to get pushed over seventy. And so we took took state highways and stuff like that. And I was like, We can take, you know, take little state roads and just cruise around and roll through the country and stuff and we stopped along some cool places in Alabama and off on the side of the rivers and stuff and i said as long as we don't go in the back roads of Mississippi I was like just keep us out of like the deep south get back on the main roads and then we're cruising it's like day 3 or whatever we're getting in i didn't really pay attention to where we were we were just going across state lines and stuff and all of a sudden i see you know a cop in my rearview mirror and we're cruising this beautiful area in Mississippi and um The cop just stays there for like 5, 10 miles. I'm like, what is this guy doing? I'm driving the speed limit. Nothing's... Wrong. Nothing no, Nothing suspicious here other than the car. <laughs> car, out of state plates. <laughs> suspicious. Oh, it was a gorgeous car. <laughs> it was mint pristine. And I think. I oh, realized it was, oh I see. It was the other end painted. of the spectrum. Yeah. It had a oh. brand new paint job, glistening. I polished all the chrome on that. Oh. It had reflective mirror tint that blacked out, it had an antique license plate. I mean, I was too. a T. So teat.
1: suspicious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Rolling through the country with out of state plates. And uh, eventually we get to town and we pull in and and then like three other cop cars come in. Boy, they thought they had us pegged. They're like, "Oh, this is prime time." And we, you know, I roll down the window and I've got these giant like the kind of glasses that you get that you like the retirees wear with like glasses divisors? underneath glasses no they have like the huge side panels on the oh side. yeah yeah, yeah. The, like, the really? 90 degree angle sunglasses yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah so I get out of there I'm wearing like an icky Matsumoto crazy screen print shirt and then um my wife Julie gets like she's got long hair and like tie dye and like a handmade skirt and I had, we had like patchwork shorts and stuff like that just like way out of our out of town um and uh there was nothing to find they didn't find anything we let, we got out of there and we hightailed it we said well let's get let's get to colorado and we just high speed burned it so we're on the on the highway now and we're going through texas and all of a sudden i see oil flying out the hood just like gushing and we're in the middle of nowhere like on the interstate with all those big bridges and everything yeah. going over i'm like what are we going to do there's no town right I pull off and like, this truck stop place. I'm like, can you guys help me out here? They're like, no, we only do trucks here. So I'm like, okay, why don't we try and make it into town? The car is, like, ticking. It's like, tick, 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 yeah. tick, tick. I'm just, like, coasting. I'm just, like, idling, trying to just get it to not have the engine explode. And uh, roll into town. It's this cool little, little historic Texas town. I don't remember what it was. Somewhere west of uh, Fort Worth because I got family out there, but it was a little too far to head back or have them come out. And we pull up, and then we find this little like hot rod shop, which is run by these like Latino family. And we get them like these people can help us. We get in it like. Bring us in. They got the kids running around. We're hanging out. We're talking, cool. catching up, and stuff. And they're like, "Man, this car's sweet." So the guy's like, "All right, get, I know what you need. Jump in the car with me." Uh, here, uh, my wife Julie's She's like, "Here, can you hang out with my wife and watch the kids?" So she stayed with them, and, and then we went to go get the part, and and just we hung out and got it fixed, and we were on the road. I was like, "Man, this was awesome." I think it was like fifty bucks to fix the car. Wow, it was the perfect <laughs> perfect solution. It was like
1: the Good Samaritan car mechanic.
0: Yeah, it's like <laughs> stuff that you know, because we didn't have any. We had a few checkpoints. We are heading to the, the Gila qu- Cliff Dwellings in New Mexico. And we were just sort of rambling around. So you find stuff, you know, that you, you'd never expect. So that's some of the, the beauty of that. Like, we, we had a lot of moments like that. But that was certainly one of them to have a good connection with some people.
2: I'm sorry. I, I'm, I was looking for something here. I, I must have missed it. Did you say what car it was?
0: It was a 76 Mercury Monarch. I got it oh. from my wife worked at a tr- or my Sorry. My mom worked at a trust bank down in Naples, and one of her co-workers was like, hey, my grandmother just passed away. I got it for 500 bucks, <laughs> <laughs> And I had to redo a bunch of stuff in the it. Inter- the interior was gorgeous. The paint was perfect. Like a Florida car, grocery getter. It had like under 2,000 miles The classic it. old lady. It, had, like, it looked like a Cadillac, but it was like a compact car. It was during the, f- the, you know, the fuel um, crisis, crisis yeah. years during the 70s. So it was a straight six, super durable. Mm. It was awesome. You, engine bay you could climb into. Yep. So it yeah, we did a bunch of work on it. Just got it up and kind of running again, but then we got a crazy paint job on it, and that was what, what, what got you crazy? pulled over in Mississippi. <laughs> wait, wait, yeah,
2: so twice now you've mentioned this new paint job when you went on your trip. What was what was the paint job?
0: It was a uh, pearl, white pearl speck with um, uh, huge flames going down the side and then, like, smoke <laughs> rings flying you had of the You had flames back. going down the side. Yeah, it looked uh, gorgeous. It was awesome. I bet. Yeah. Where is it now? Somewhere in Colorado, probably... I don't know, hopefully somebody saved it. And I got I hit a guardrail on it before uh, I went out west and then I was like I wanted something a little more versatile, more durable that I didn't have like I would be hanging out with friends I'd be like hey don't lean against that car.
1: Yeah. Like <laughs> and it was just
0: so much like stress. It was always like a car guy working on cars, cleaning cars, a detailer, stuff like that, worked at uh, car dealerships and stuff. And I was like, "You know, I just want a truck that can beat up." So, Julie, my wife was like, "Well, you should get a, a little Toyota pickup." cute little truck, and I was like, eh, that's a pretty good idea, so we got a truck out west. You fit in a cute little Toyota pickup? Oh, yeah. You're one of The, those, the classic <laughs> Toyota, you know, the really tiny ones, um, but it was the larger cab, so I had that seat all the way to the back. Gotcha. <laughs> so It was a three-seater. Yeah, I've gotten pulled over before, and I got like, a little Honda, and I get out of the car, and it looks like a clown car, and
1: the policeman's like, whoa! <laughs> How do you fit in that thing? <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, so when you were a kid, and you were a hockey player, and you were an artist, did you want to grow up to be a Hockey player who played art, or did you want to grow up to be an artist who used to play hockey? Uh, I,
0: I mean, I probably had grandeur visions of, you know, like every kid trying to want to be a professional hockey player. That's a lot of the art intertwined, was because I, like a lot of my early youth sketching, like I was the kid that had the, the folders covered in drawings in every notepad on every, you know, class folder. And I would draw the um, Pittsburgh Penguins logo. Over and over again, and I draw a little penguin. I put a mohawk on it. I'd put piercings on the ear, and just do all. They would just draw that over and over again, and draw goalies. You know, first figure drawing would be goalies, slap shots, all this
1: stuff. Yeah. So, did you want to grow up to be an artist? I mean, you you went to an arts high school there at the end, and then you uh, yeah. got a degree in art, and then you got a degree in art. What was your path? <laughs>
0: degrees and degrees <laughs> in art. Yeah, I mean, I think when I was in high school, and I took AP art, and I had some teachers. I had teachers along the way that really encouraged me and helped me and guided me along the way. Um, I sort of saw that path. I like had was like, yeah, I want to, I want to have a little cabin in the woods and like make have an art studio and maybe teach somewhere and, and kind of do that. And Go to, to music festivals. See yeah, just live <laughs> it up. Just sort of that. Um, just a definitely alternative lifestyle. Live in the country, have a barn, you know stuff like that uh, that mix of like rural and urban you know college town something like that so how'd you wind up in Fort Myers <laughs> so it uh, <laughs> was a good laugh <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot of people so yeah I never would have expected to come back here I love being here it's it's great I, I love the water and I love the um, environments here all the different biomes from from you know everglades to to oak and a lot of fgcu really brought that into me i had to search for sense of place as i moved as a kid and stuff so i'd always connect through nature hiking and caving as a kid but um what happened was so wh- when i went to go for grad school in arizona then after that and this will tie in with some other songs but um my wife and i we moved to to spain and we lived there at Taught as language assistants for the Ministry of Culture and Sport, so we were we were teaching, working out there. And the last month, we we blew all our money, and just we weren't making a lot of money, but we just traveled around for the last month. Before we went, we sold everything. She sold her kiln, all her ceramic stuff. I sold the truck. We just cleared house. And you were you were where then? uh, Well, we were in Arizona. Then we got married, and then we moved to Spain. And then when we came back, we were out of money flat broke, had no prospects. I was like, well, we know some people here. We'll reach out, see what's going on. I um, started, uh, I worked in box office. I called up Broadway Palm and, and got a, a gig there doing answering phones and taking ticket sales in the box office. And then um, worked at Captiva at the Rauschenberg residency with another okay. buddy of mine, Carell and swept studios and scraped paint off floors and and then um, helped some people do some producing and stuff with some music and helped some artists make some art. Just and then Kind of worked your way up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then I got a front desk job in, in Bonita, the Centers for the Arts in Bonita Springs, and the rest is history.
1: Onward and upward through the arts community. <laughs> um, what brought you guys to Spain? Like, what was the, the calculation behind that decision?
0: Um, well, I had uh, drugged my wife to go. We weren't married then. We, we moved together to Arizona. I was like, come out with me, and and, uh, she uprooted everything from here. She had a pottery studio, was doing markets, and everything was doing pretty well, and we came out. She did it all over again out there, and then afterwards, she's like, all right, my turn. So we're going and moving to Spain. Uh, We had friends who were roommates um, at the time before we moved to Arizona who had done the same program, so we kind of, it's a great program to work for the government. You just need an undergraduate degree and you can teach as a language assistant in the public school. So they bring in people. Most of them are from, you know, England and Europe and France, just general in that area. They don't get a lot of uh, uh, Americans. And they were daunted by my accent because I think the previous um, assistant they had before was from like Liverpool or somewhere. Oh, yeah? <laughs> it was really thick. They were like, uh. <laughs> oh, so
1: you probably were easier to understand. Yeah,
0: they have a lot more, you know, American media and stuff like that. So. And so you guys were there how long? Uh, it was about nine months, nine, ten months. Did you go back at some point, did I read, or were you there for just that one time? We traveled around while we were out there, but just in Spain the once. Um, but I've been over, you know, England, Spain, done a lot in South America, Nicaragua, hmm. stuff like that. Uh, do you and
1: your wife's musical tastes overlap? Uh, definitely, yeah. Almost completely or completely?
0: Um. Almost completely. I don't, know, I don't think there's any... There's only certain things more like poppy stuff or sappy stuff that I, I get on her sometimes. Or there's one song that she kept playing over and over Can again. Can you remember which it was? The one song that she played over and over again was that butterfly butterfly and it was just like butterfly it's like if you play that song one more time I'm going to lose it and I can't hear that song if it ever comes on it has to turn it off have you ever heard that song Richard?
1: So. we got to hear a little bit of it I don't remember who it is <laughs> uh, I, it's going to be hard to find <laughs> butterfly <laughs> says it a couple times in a row <laughs> try to find it Richard we'll I'm do the... Okay, well, we're going to go to your second song now and we'll try to swing back to butterfly if we can oh great <laughs> <laughs>
2: Was that a was that a, like a fairly contemporary song? Yeah, pretty new. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> does the chorus start with the word butterfly, or is it just somewhere in there?
0: That's in there somewhere.
2: Um, if I say, because I don't know how this goes, so if I say, uh, oh wait, no, I know this song. <laughs> I was just about to sing. I was just about to sing, like, um, like William Shatner style, like, "Come, my lady, come, come, my lady, you're my butterfly, sugar baby." But that's not the song you're thinking of.
0: I assume. I don't know. That sounds like an R and B song or something.
2: Uh, yeah, that's um, that's by Crazy Town. So oh. that's, uh all right.
1: No, um, here, uh, here, um, I'm gonna turn off my mic so we can turn up the volume of the speakers in here, and I'm gonna ask Google what song is this, and then you do it at two or three times. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> hey Google, what song is this?
0: Butterfly, I can't think your you, butterfly. <laughs>
1: It's it <laughs> says it says it's almost there. God, if this works. Well, there's one that's an 11 percent match, but I don't.
0: Yeah, it's. I only know the one word. I can't stop thinking about it. I don't know the rest.
1: <laughs> okay, your second song <laughs> <laughs> is. Um, well, do you want to tell us? Do you want to? What do you want to do? Uh,
0: yes. I'll 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 just give you the full the f- the full spectrum or, or I'll give you the majority of the story and I'll give you another side note afterwards because okay. there's, there's just long epic stories uh, I was going to pick a lot of my songs like favorite songs kind of things that have moments in my life they're all like eight to 13 minutes long I was like, well that'd be <laughs> half the show so this one um and this ties into like kind of just different ways to listen to music um I was uh it was my graduate thesis, so I had to do a re- the research component for my um, degree in painting and drawing at Arizona State. And so I was a landscape painter, and I uh, wanted to dive deep. I did a lot of camping and stuff like that around, studied the history of Native peoples, the uh, Hohokam, and um, just the people in Phoenix, the Native communities, and, and the... Uh, a lot of the cliff dwellings and, and people that, you know, the histories of, like, you got the Zane Gray Westerns up there and all this stuff. So I just kind of wanted to just dive in, revisit some places that we had camped and brought friends, but just go alone just to sort of have some moments uh, and see what happened, right? To just sort of really, as far as my research component, again, just let loose and see see what I ran into up there. So I'm I'm going up and I start the first, uh, it's the very first trip, very first spot that I had Um, narrowed down. So I'm going to go up from Phoenix up through, uh, climb the mountain range up onto the Mogollon Rim, and then circle back through Flagstaff and Sedona and come back down. So it's the first stop. It's like you can see the lights of Phoenix from this camping spot. It's an awesome place that's up a dirt road like most of the places out there, BLM land. Um, And I, I pull up there and I camp the night. And then um, when I'm there, I'm doing, you know, I have got my truck, and I got my red hunter hat on. I'm trying to blend in, get my flannel and stuff, and and uh, I got some paint supplies and, and cameras and stuff. And I, I'm parked up there, having lunch or something, just sort of poking around, doing a little hiking. I, I hadn't planned on hiking much in this spot, but I, I'm sitting there and I I see this big giant like old beat up Ford F-150 pull up and it's jacked up, lifted on huge tires. And it's like all dented and ding, and it's so dirty. And I, I'm like, "Oh boy, what what's going on?" It pulls right up next to me, kind of down the road, and, and then it stops, and it's just sitting there. And I'm like, "Okay, what's what's going to happen here?" And the guy gets out, this little guy out of this huge truck, climbs down, and then um, comes up and uh, and and walks up to me, and, and we start talking, and, and it was sort of like an interesting interaction. He didn't really ask any prying questions of me. It was kind of like cowboy talk. Like yeah. you don't like give anything away. Like from just, one window to the other. Of, yeah, <laughs> just kind of like just say, oh, hey, how's it going? How are you? You know, this sort of weird interaction. Anyway, we became friends. He taught at a high school shop down in Phoenix and told me about his kids and told me about how to hunt a mountain lion, which is a disturbing story that oh. you can do out there. And his one of his kids wanted to do it, and he told me about it, this whole story. You go up on this cliff and you make it sounds like a crying baby call. So it's a a marmot squealing. And it's legal to do it. You can do it, but you have to get like a permit or something. His son wanted to do it, did it, sat up on this cliff. He's like, if you really want to do this, I'll tell you how to do it. And he went up on this cliff. His son put his back up against a cliff the rock face. So, so the they won't only, sneak up on you, yeah. The only way they can get is by jumping down above you or coming up in front of you. And you just put he put a forty five pistol right in between his legs and just wait. And you just make that call. It's like the most disturbing thing. Would it be against the rules to actually bring a baby? <laughs> Throw that in the mix. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know how he made the call. Actually, actually, you
2: know, an interesting hunting question would be would it be illegal to uh, like have a recording? You know
1: oh, to bait the with the yeah, actual because, baby,
2: yeah, because the way that you attract animals, sure, I was thinking, it, yeah. you
1: know, the baby would be a good bait,
0: <laughs> <laughs> smell baby smell. <laughs> so, anyway, he did it, it did the deed, and it traumatized his son. It like really, like, obviously, just, just being like, out there, no, right. like killing the Oh, mountain he, yeah, it he got he it, got he it. Got in it. that moment, and yeah. so yeah. it really messed him up. He was just sharing all this, and and you know, about it was hard for his son to go through, and so we became friends and there was a lot of bear attacks going on and he kept calling me gave me his number he wrote my number on the side of his truck that's why his <laughs> truck was all dirty he writes people's names and phone numbers It's probably still on there was talk about like, an elegant solution super <laughs> cool oh and he told me like you dunk a flannel shirt he's like wearing this wet flannel shirt because it's a desert up there Yeah. And he's like yeah he just dunks it in a five gallon bucket of water but anyway other interesting things what so, just like for the day, so the then the it, day? just oh, whenever for, it gets like, dry for an hour yeah. for an hour it'll dry out Like, and that keeps you cool the evaporative cooling sure. so just like learning all All these weird little things and told me about. So he owned land up there that was an old miner's claim and all this stuff. So after that, I had an old friend who moved to Flagstaff, her roommate. So I'm talking with the roommate. I see they got a mountain lion on the wall and I'm like trying to put it together. I'm like, how? And I recognize the last name. I'm like, is your dad so and so? And they're like, yeah. They're like, you've <laughs> got to be kidding me. Wow. The two brothers living with a friend of mine from Fort Myers, Wow. and we all met again. Like the, and that. And you got year. to see
1: the freaking mountain lion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he kept it. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, this—that's the weird side note. This—the the this song is. So I had the radio playing because there wasn't a lot of service up there. And you didn't. I didn't. Couldn't. I didn't stream or do any of that stuff. I was really anti-cell phone at that time. Like. Um, so I was just playing radio whatever's on and you know country station whatever was around and there was this pop station right that would pick, seem to pick up anywhere so I'm down in this super dark canyon and I keep hearing the song and it keeps playing over at different spots so I get in and out of the car and I'm by myself and it's this sort of lonely heartbreak song and it has a cool little techno melody kind of a thing electronic thing it's just cool I listen to it a lot I always listen to it and I'm down so when I th- hear the song I think of this time I'm I'm in this deep dark Canyon. It's called Clover Canyon, and it's pitch black. There's no moon. I'm deep down in here, and you can't see anything. It's super spooky, and there's all these cows out there, and they wander through the woods. So they're wandering, and you hear all this like sounds like Bigfoot's running around. There's like 20 of them, and so I'm like, I got to get out of here. And I get in the car, and this song comes on again, and it just like sent chills through me. And I was like, I just hightailed it out of there. I was throwing dust, and then I found an excellent camping spot where I listened to uh, elk bugle to each other across the rim. So, wow! This song is one of those songs that just imprints on you. Again, another one like the first one that playing over and over again and, and uh,
1: leaves you with that memory. Well, let's listen to it. Uh, this is somebody that I used to know by. How do you say this person's name? name? I have no idea. Richard Gyoke. Okay.
2: <laughs> I, I could never say it when I'm... I.
1: God, I Kiyote?
0: We're gonna roll. I had to look it up. I was like oh, that's another one. It's a, da, 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 I've seen da, that name, but I don't know how to say it. I know it's the song
1: Australian something? Okay. Uh featuring Kimbra, I could say that. From the two 2000- thousand <laughs> 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 from the two thousand eleven album Making Mirrors. Did you leave it playing as you left the canyon or did you turn the radio off? Mm. That's I probably I kept wondering. it on because it was because <laughs> I was listening to that and imagine you driving out of that. <laughs> yeah, I think I cranked it
0: up and I was singing. Once I got out of there, I was like, oh, okay, I'm out. Okay, that's and then just belted it out. It's one of those songs too. It's weird listening to on these headphones because, like, some songs that sound equally as good or better listen through like static and through a crappy radio. Like, I love songs like that, that you know, they sound really good, like, if it sounds good on a little boombox, tiny five-inch speaker or whatever, it's got
1: to be a good song. Exactly. <laughs> Michael. Richard. Got ya. got ya. Got ya. Like Tatya. No, no, like,
2: like I think it's like got-ya. got, yeah. Got
1: yeah. Got ya. Got ya. Nice. Now I know. Now we all know. <laughs> um, when did you start, like, doing the kind of music you do now with, you know, the looping and stuff like that?
0: Uh, well, I had, like, in order to get myself going, I had this big Digitech looper thing. It was like an all-in-one package. It had the, the wah pedal. Had the, It could do uh, program all these controls. You could do four or five tracks on there. That's what I got when I came down here senior year in high school. Before that, I was just playing around with friends and sort of figuring it out. That looper got me like my chops up and scales and blue scale and stuff like that. So I could just play hours and hours and
1: hours just you know, alone in the room and crank it out. Was seeing Keller Williams what inspired you to do that? Or how did that come into your no, radar? No, it was it was just
0: like a thing that performers started doing during that time, it seems like. Like gotcha. he built a whole act. It was amazing. He I had got like to the see him at Spirit notch. of Swanee. Oh, nice. <laughs> with the theremin and like going nuts. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was like magic. And he gets all the instruments and just playing like the trumpet with his mouth. And yeah, it's amazing.
1: Um, so... What do you describe your music as when you, if somebody says you, you're a musician? How do you describe it? Mm. Well, I mean, I guess I don't. You know, it, it took me a while to label myself as an
0: artist. Like it wasn't until grad school I could be like, yeah, I'm an artist. You know, I was like, yeah, I'm like working at becoming an artist um, to like hold that term. So I mean, really, I don't coin myself as a musician. As a musician, I'm one who plays music, and okay. I can. My goal is to be able to to jump in. At any time and be able to like join a jam or like play Understood. with mul- with other people. That's like the key. If I can just maintain the ability to play songs with other people, like, that's all I really need to know. I don't learn music. I don't practice certain songs. Understood. I don't completely. remember anything. Like
1: I just. You're the Half John Davis of of loop guitar, because John Davis is a cello player. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And he that's his jam, is he like, he'll like sidle up to anybody and find his way in. Yeah, know? trying to
0: like be really responsive and sensitive to come in and yeah. do little things here and there, but I've still got a ways to go. I'm still not where I want to be. I'm the master of the boom chick with the with the bluegrass. I've got mm-hmm. that down. That's why I love that Keller and the Keel song, too. That's some hot picking. Um but yeah, just like holding it down, the rhythm, some simple two, three chord jams, stuff like that. Um, can master a little trickier bluegrass songs here or there, but uh, try to just stick with what I'm used to. How do you describe your visual art? Uh, or I, what is
1: the scope of your visual yeah, art? Yeah, there
0: I've got a little more practice, I guess. Um, I've sort of narrowed it down to like a, a, a whimsical, uh, psychedelic impressionism mixed with, you know, I try and work with a lot of like, uh, more like cartoon linear elements with, you know, sort of like a graffiti inspired base of just like pop art working with, with strong outline imagery and, and real strong visual effects to create that feeling of like, when you look at it, I want it to move. Like right. I want, cause that's that sort of energy. That's the most important part is that it has to have the energy. It doesn't matter what the subject is. It needs to be alive and it's, Kind of difficult to you know you're painting something inanimate how do you make that feel alive so I've tried to work on that how I narrow that down aesthetically with you know line color shape you know a lot of um different elements there with with making colors vibrate and and the strokes and different application of paint and stuff cool mm-hmm. where can people see it uh, I've got a website which is like an online portfolio and Um, I haven't shown, well, it's coming down here this month up in St. Pete at the Morian Art
1: Center. My wife and I actually have a show together, our first one, which is pretty awesome. You mentioned she got rid of her wheel or whatever. Is she a a 3D person? What does she do?
0: Yeah, she's a potter, um,
1: uh, potter, sculptor, ceramic artist. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Um, what was the last concert that you saw before we had to stop going to concerts for now? Gonna have to think back on that one.
0: Cause I see a lot of live music or different places in and around, but I'd probably... And work really got, you know, gets me tied up with trying to go out and do things. Um, I would say I the last like big show that I went to, like a show show, like a going for it, um, was Huluween. Uh, okay. And it was something we had put off for a couple of years. My brother-in-law was playing at it. His band was doing um, a show and... And uh, so we're like, all right, let's do it. The, the art scene there is amazing. The installations, the nightlife, what's going on? And uh, had been to that music park so many times. Yeah, that's at Swanee too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's like the go-to place. That was like the last one, like the music festival that we went to, and it was just so crazy because we pulled up and we, you know, we camped a lot. We had our gear ready and we rolled in there a little late, and uh, it was like late Friday, something like that, afternoon and everybody had been there since like Wednesday. And um we rolled in and it's just like a sea of people like back to back tents. And we both look at each other and we're like, are we too old for this? Yeah, are we going to yeah. be able to take it? <laughs> and it actually worked out. We like drove around some side avenues and came out through the woods and plopped out and found some gorilla campsite somewhere that nobody was camping. And Perfect. Rolled up in the dirt. And it turned out that our the band was in the RV. They got moved in a spot, and they were, like, right across the way from Perfect. us. Perfect. We like, that's well, the way, the that's how be. it works there sometimes.
1: <laughs> I went there. Uh, we went there with a crew for, like, probably five years in a row for both Spring Fest and Mag Fest. Yeah, nice. So got really used to being up there and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, my daughter, when she was a toddler, she got lost there. That's one of my favorite stories. <sighs> now, we were like, everybody here is nice. It'll be fine. Uh-huh. Yeah, she, like, wandered away from where we were. We were down at Main Stage, and she kind of. I looked up, and I was like, where is she? And like my, uh, her mom, not wife yet, ran up to the stage and was going to grab the fricking microphone and be like, Every-. "Yeah." <laughs> and like right then I look over and there's this lady walking from about 30 yards away, walking back with her. And it was just, she had just like wandered off. Yeah. So anyway, you, you're going to have a walker soon.
0: Yeah. We already got the headphones
1: for her. So we're ready <laughs> when it does come back. So. Um, but yeah, wait till it's a she. Yep. What's her name? Hazel. Hazel. Mm-hmm. Hazel. That's Aww. great. Wait till Hazel starts walking. Mobility is a whole different thing. <laughs> um, okay, so what's your peak concert experience?
0: Hmm. Uh,
1: Probably, hmm, there's a lot.
0: But the one that always stands out that I always remember, it was just like a, just super weird and... Well, there's a couple. Uh I guess <laughs> <No. laughs> there's so many. Uh, cause I mean we saw so much live music. We would tour around five people in a sedan and go around the country and stuff like that. But some of the big ones, one was um my brother in law, we were it was at Bonnaroo and probably two thousand four or something before it got way out of hand. And uh we the dead were playing and they had all these guest guitars come in and and, it, uh they it, it, this huge rainstorm came through and we were already there. We already walked from the campsite. We're like, we're not going back. So we just sat there in the rain in our ponchos. Nobody there. we like, we got good seats. We're not leaving. <laughs> and we sat there in the rain. And then once that rain cleared, it was like the most beautiful night and the most beautiful show. It was just something that, you know, you kind of felt like we earned it. Yeah. You know, kind of a thing. Yeah. 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 That's a good answer.
1: Um, uh, Broadway musicals. Stage musicals? Is that of interest to you? Um, I mean, I like theater a lot. I like musicals,
0: but I don't have any that stand out to me. No. Uh, what's the most overplayed
1: song of all time? Oh, it's the... it's the... Uh, Grateful Dead, Touch of Grey, maybe. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, For me. <laughs> okay. Let's just um, throw it out there. Let's see here. TV theme song time. Do you have any TV theme songs uh, to in that you'll sing with us?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, The Wonder Years, the Joe Cocker song. A little help Uh, from my friends. uh, What
2: would I do? What would you do if I sang out a tune? tune. Hey, uh, real fast while while we're typing that up, um, I'm just going to read some lyrics here. Tell me if this sounds right. Okay. Uh, I can't eat, I can't sleep, you give me butterflies. When I think about you and me, you give me butterflies. Is that the one? No. No. (laughs) Um, Okay, hold on, hold on. Um, Let's see. Now you're lifting me up, instead of holding me down, sealing my heart, instead of stealing my crown, untangle all the strings, no, none of that? Okay.
0: Not hitting any, any hard strings find. here. Believe it or not, it's hard to find. <laughs> There's it. a can, lot of butterflies. Can, <laughs> can you text your wife? I would love, yeah, I, I it's, yeah. it's become
2: an obsession. Sure like, know.
0: I-, I gotta turn my phone on. Yeah, go for it. What would you do if I sang out of tune? Are
1: singing now? Yes, you, you are. <laughs> I don't know if I've got me. this in my range. <laughs>
0: Lend, lend me your ears, ears and I'll sing, sing you a song and try not to, to think out of here I need a little help from my friends I need somebody a little help <laughs> from my friends <laughs> oh a little help
1: from my friends That could have been a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> and it could there... have been a lot better. <laughs> uh, well, you know, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, where we live. Yep. If you were a cocktail or a drink of some kind, what would it be? Um, Something like
0: uh, with a little um, sprig of rosemary, some something a little herbal tonic with some... Gin, probably, and some, some bubbles. Gin, tonic, rosemary. Mm-hmm. Call it the hockey captain.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hockey art.
0: It wouldn't be my my drink of choice, but it's no, the, no, yeah, the we one want, no, that we would be a, my. Yeah, we want yeah. you in a drink. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wait, what, what, what you got? to name? Something, it. something piney, maybe a little pine rubbed rim or something. Yeah, you got it. You got to name it. <laughs>
1: uh, the Fritzer. Oh, the Fritzer. Ah. Um. It seems like he'd be a karaoke here if presented with the. Uh, demand or if or opportunity
0: uh, yeah i can but i never whenever we are at a place i always like crumble under the pressure and i can't decide on a song or they don't have the abstract weird uh merle haggard song that i want to <laughs> sing like, i'm like what's that song and then i think about the song like no there's too many lyrics to that and then i will just like get way too in my head but if it's like at a you know casual in in, in my house or somewhere you know more private not like at a bar or somewhere what
2: would be um then I'll jump what on. would be the easiest song that could play at a like a karaoke bar to get you up? To, like like if they were just like randomly
0: rotating. Well what's what's weird is the the songs that I could sing karaoke no problem are like pretty they're not difficult for me, but I have them memorized. It'd be Baby Got Back and then <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. I also know you know that's a so good, many Wayne's worlds. Yeah. So. And then I spent one summer like memorizing every
1: lyric to Baby Got Back. Looking in the mirror? No, just like singing with my cousin. Okay, uh, it's time for your last song.
0: All right. Uh, so this one, it touches back to when we were talking about Spain. And so this was right after grad school, Arizona. We moved to Spain um, to go teach. And I was sort of fish out of water over there. I mean, it was amazing time. It was like, okay, hmm, the decision to... Work as an adjunct faculty, bouncing around a bunch of different schools, working, you know, countless hours, driving around town in Phoenix, or go live in a rural countryside in Spain and paint and only have to work 15 hours a week to make a living. So, was like, clear choice. And we did it. My wife was uh, – she is fluent, so she was, like, kind of the guiding hand through all of that. And I was just the bodyguard. But um, it was – a multitude of, of experiences that happened that were just really amazing time um, for us. We had just gotten married and we spent a month um, traveling around before we settled into our little town. We rolled up into our town in our tiny little Fiat with our luggage in the back and um, all, drove all the way up these tiny little streets, cobblestone streets practically, but just narrow enough for a horse and carriage to get through. You got to bump the curb to get, you know, or drive up on it to get two cars through. And it was just like, whoa, okay, we're here. We're back in time. And um, jump out of the car, and we're at the top of the hill, and it's, uh, you know, the the cathedral's there, and we go into the hotel we get for the night, and we're like, yeah, we're looking for a place to rent. And the, the guy's like, well, I have a place. It's right across the street. And we're like, okay, can we move in? He's like, yeah. Like, do we need a lease? What's that? Like, a what's the contract? Something? No, you, you want something? I'll write my name on a piece of paper. It didn't even, you know, just like, you want it? Just Pay me, and uh, I got to meet. Um, we made friends. So with uh, I got to meet a picador, which is the in the bullfighting uh, arena. They're the 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 one that runs at the bull with the spears. It's like the most daunting thing. Like the bull isn't really weakened that much yet. So I learned a lot of appreciation for that. I mean. We saw some some bullfights and stuff like that with young kids and things. I mean, it's just an amazing tradition, but it's crazy. But uh, he was really awesome. I went hiking with him, and, like, we didn't really, couldn't really talk much. So my, like, language, I had taken Spanish in high school, traveled to Nicaragua, Ecuador, so I kind of kept a little bit up, you know, could kind of bounce my way through. And every time I went back, it would always flood back, like, after a week or something, like, oh, yeah, I'm, I can remember more. And so I was, it had been a little longer than that. And... Um, So I was just kind of the quiet guy, the big quiet guy. Were you teaching English there? Yeah, so How that do you was teach sort of,
1: English if you don't speak Spanish. Well, that's like you have to have the whole. Thing. You teach, no, you just teach the high level they classes. They didn't want
0: you to speak Spanish. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. so it was what advantageous that, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you were the assistant. Just come over
1: and be yourself in yeah. front yeah. of kids we will pay you. Yeah,
0: you're a cultural ambassador. Yeah. Instead well, of more of like a language, you're, okay, you're not really you're like not, the instructor. You're just
1: interacting with them mm-hmm. in English.
0: Yeah, and I taught some after school stuff, and like you'd give presentations about what life's like for you and um they didn't believe that like the yellow school bus on the simpsons was real they're like <laughs> really like that's a, you take the school bus to work um
2: this is a thing that um they do for like um teaching english in in a lot of east asia like mm-hmm. i know um if if you're you don't have to have a, anything more than like a like a perfunctory knowledge of the, the local language if you're teaching high-level class mm-hmm. because they expect you from day one. That explains so much. They, they, I've like had this, several
1: friends go like Prague and teach English, and yeah. I'm like, do you speak people speak in Prague? Right, <laughs> <laughs> but but you know the students come
2: in and you say like, hello. Mm-hmm. For the rest of this year, we'll only be speaking in English. Yeah. And if any of them have a problem, then you can you know you get another instructor to help you communicate that to them. But like otherwise, you're just like, hey, like you're you're in you know class 301, so. Let's go. It was
0: a little less pressure than that. I just got to hang <laughs> right, out. You were, right. Yeah, I was you were, the cool kid yeah. that was like, hey, don't you want to learn English so you can talk to me? You know, so <laughs> I just we just sort of bounced around, had a lot of fun with that and taught in the school. It was like an old monastery and had this Ooh, beautiful courtyard yeah. in the center. And I mean, some of the other things that happened during that trip, I mean... Um, There's just so much history there and so many different experiences. But So I was in the middle of the street at the farmer's market, and I'm sitting there with, like, a leather jacket on. And, like, this was we were pretty fresh off the boat there. And I'm in the middle of the street, and I'm standing kind of – there's, like, a European stance and an American stance. We, like, spread our legs, take up a bunch of room, and stick (laughs) our elbows out and stuff. And I'm sitting there, and we're the only Americans in this town. They're, like – they ask us, like, why did you come here? Like, why – you came here to, like – Learn Spanish or something. They they say they speak like the worst Spanish in the country. It's it's very rural and southern, kind of like you know the South here. They say you know the grammar or whatever. But uh, so it was very hard, difficult to understand them in Spanish for my wife. They just really had a learning curve. They huh. you know the lisp alone, and then the, you know um, with the Catalan lisp, but. So I'm standing in the middle of this farmer's market, and I'm just, like, taking up all this space, looking around, scoping out stuff. And the the guy that we met later, he's, like, met him at a bar or something. He's like, oh, I knew you were the Americans. You look like John Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, great. And, uh, I mean, so, yeah, the, just a lot of really great people. We met, like, a guy who was obsessed with Lenny Kravitz. And he had like the fro and like furry boots, and like oh, he, was he was obsessed. He was a man. hair salon stylist. We met him just like eating seafood at a bar. you just meet all these people, and they have a they had a town masquerade party where everybody in the town dresses up and covers their you know masquerade, wow. and this big. Paul Barty kind of like a Halloween party thing but it's in this huge amphitheater and everybody's just dancing you can't tell who anybody is but wow. I had these like bright blue shoes so everybody knew it was me <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, didn't think that far ahead um but yeah the so you know there was really fun times I go up in the old town and paint and it was like a dilapidated old town where um on the top of this hill this back sort of section of town. They called it the Puntaron, which is like the kind of this forgotten part of town that's too hard to live up there. There's not really water and stuff. So everybody builds houses down the hill. Hmm. And you can buy like a old um conde's mansion, like this huge, like a like a big mansion, three stories with a well and all this stuff, but you can't drive a car to it. You know, you can buy that for like the same price as a new house. Wow. So I mean we got to go in one. We met this guy who was family um Had been previous landowners there, and he brought us through, and they had kind of had it like as a museum and stuff. And he had a farm outside of town, so we went and stayed with him, and stayed with a British couple down in the south of Spain, and lived and worked on a farm down there, south of the Sierra Nevada's. And, um, but you know, a lot of great times. There was also it was a long time with just me and my wife, uh, newlyweds, and um, you know, a whole almost a whole year or whatever, just me and her hanging out, and and um. So you know, I had some friends, but I couldn't really talk to that much because they didn't know that much English and this and that. So I kind of you know, I was getting cold winter, and we weren't going out much. There wasn't much going on. I was kind of kind of down in the dumps and kind of feeling you know, I was learning a lot of Spanish, watching all immersion TV subtitles, all that stuff. So it was getting there. I could I could understand a lot of what was going on, could but just couldn't didn't have that outlet. You know, didn't couldn't connect with people in the way that I wanted to. And um, this song was. So I'm in the the bar that was underneath our house. We had moved from that place that overlooked. <laughs> and a good we had sentence. The, we had this other place that was right. It was the best. It was marble. Everything's covered with marble there because they had a marble mine. So when right. like you go in and it's like marble floors, marble Here's on the a marble walls, cup everything. <laughs> it's, seriously, that's it's like totally everywhere. like a scene from The Simpsons. <laughs> so,
1: wait, no.
2: And then wait, and then and then you would find some kids playing marble made of wood.
0: <laughs> and so. We're down there, um, you know, hanging out. It was like kind of the place where all the young people went and um, they would like, if it got too late and rowdy and stuff, they'd like hand out sandwiches and stuff cause everybody's drinking. And after a certain hour they'd like close the doors and say, don't go outside. Like, you can stay here, but just don't go outside or make any noise. So it's kind of like speakeasy kind of thing. They'd stay up all night. And there'd be kids running around at like two in the morning in the bar and stuff. It was just totally different, um, you know, familiar attitude with, with kids and family and Relationship with that, but uh, so I'm sitting there at the bar, and I'm just kind of down, and I'm like just really wondering, like what am I doing here? What's what's my deal? Like what what am I trying to do here? And uh, then this song comes on, and then everybody starts singing at the same time, and I'm like I'm singing along with it, and like tears are coming down my eyes, and I just like finally have like that connection with other people, and it felt really good. <laughs>
1: You can listen to it, yeah. Let's do it. Um, how do you say it? Uh, Vivir mi vide, yeah, Something like that. I can't uh, remember, yeah, that sounds good to me <laughs> by Mark, Mark Anthony from his 2013 album uh, 3.0. Living my life.
2: You look a long way from Indiana, Pennsylvania, just now when, uh, when you were listening to that. Like... <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've come a long way, yeah. I mean, my my wife Julie's a big part of that. I mean, she got me into all – we when she was learning Spanish and um, l- we listened to a lot of music, so it was a lot of like 80s, 90s Spanish rock or, Latin, you know, South American stuff. And, and and then now I just, yeah, I love blaring cumbia,
1: bachata, like, yeah, it's, and reggaeton, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so you said you knew the words. Was that like a song that you already knew? I mean, yeah, clearly you knew, um, but, you know, was it – like how did you? How were you able to sing in that moment? Well, I mean, the the words kind of repeat themselves, but there
0: uh, you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, well, like a lot of the music there was kind of delayed like the kids were at the schools they were like a year or so behind uh, like okay. the stuff didn't get released there until it had already been here so like the kids were like just listening to that what the fox says song and like stuff like that i'm like You're, what this there, just there came is. out this is is like <laughs> new. Right? there it is again yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah so just stuff like that and so i had heard it already kind of already knew it and yeah i don't know how much longer uh after that were you still there uh probably a couple more months it was narrowing down yeah how long how long ago was that uh, 2012. Okay. Yeah.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. Time flies. Get any data on that Butterfly
0: song yet? Oh, I didn't text her. Oh, you didn't text it took her? My while, it took me a while for the turn,
1: phone to turn on. And oh, we were you singing. actually turned your phone off. Well, go ahead and text her now. We're going to close the show with
2: that. Aaron doesn't want to hear this song. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he's avoiding this. I hope we're not forcing you to text. <laughs> I don't.
0: It might be a minute.
1: Oh, yeah. No, no, we got a couple more minutes here. If you could broadcast a song into the head of every person on the planet simultaneously, which would you choose? Oh, man. Um,
0: there is a uh, David Byrne song that I really like. Um, it's on the Feelings album, I think. What's the title of it? It's Oh, What Humans Do. Oh, okay. I think I have heard that. What humans do? Yeah, it's just about being a human. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna try and change the world with one song or anything, That's but beautiful. If you could learn any instrument instantly, which would you choose?
0: Hmm. Probably piano, so or you know keys, so I could accompany myself more and get some funky
1: organ licks. <laughs> um, are there any albums that you will have to listen to all the way through if you start it? Um all the way
0: through I mean I try and listen to all albums all the way through, but ugh.
1: which one would it be?
0: I'm not really sure. Hmm.
1: I think saying that you like to listen to your albums all the way through kind of, is a, most people don't. So yeah. you're in a different category. Yeah. Which I'd... album have you listened to the most times in your life then? Hmm.
0: Probably. It's so weird now. Cause you know, music, the way you listen to it changes so many times and over your life and things like that. Um, so I'm trying to think back of some of the CDs that I used to have that right. I used to listen to a lot. Um, probably like some an artist I like to listen to all the way through is Joe Walsh. Okay. Like just some of his goofy stuff and just songs that always work. But one, another album that I always have to listen to all the way through is uh, would be the Tom Petty Wildflower song yeah. or album because they just flow into each other so much and the 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 range of it is so huge, so you get that full thing. I mean, another one is Dylan, Time Out of Mind. Like, you have to listen to that thing all the way
1: through just to get there. Like, ugh, yes. So. Wildflowers is probably, uh, maybe in my top five, definitely in my top ten most listened to of all time. Like, I've spent a lot of time with that. Yeah, there's something powerful there. Um, is there any kind of music you'll avoid? Uh,
0: I, I mean, I have probably just like really heavy screaming death metal kind of stuff. Not really too... Drawn to that, but I'll listen to anything else, really. Um, band or musician that you've
1: most recently gotten into? Most recently.
0: A lot of the exposure that I had with a lot of musicians would be seeing a live show. So that's just been difficult. Um, but, I mean, hmm. and now I'm not as much. I'm like the worst at remembering names. So that doesn't help. I have to like take notes and like memorize who who it was. I just recently got into I think probably one that would just be surprising, I kind of remember this as just being, like, really into it at first, and still am. I just love it, is um, Bad Bunny, which is just, like, the new, like, the new reggaeton stuff is just so nasty. It's just like, oh, yes, and it just <laughs> it hit a chord, and it was just like raging, like the just the lyricism and the flow over it. It was just, and it was like the style was so weird, and I just really became obsessed with it for a while. That was like back last
1: spring. I didn't get it. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't hear it. I, I missed that. Missed one. I missed that one. I miss a lot. Okay. Um, <laughs> what would your 14 uh, year old self think of who you are? Uh, in today's world um well it's interesting like
0: kind of when i was in you know 16 or something like that a little older i mean it was kind of kind of visioning where i'm at kind of right now didn't expect to get here this way but i was like yeah i want to like teach maybe at a college level um be heavily involved in arts and music of course and here we are so he'd probably be like, "Yeah, that's a cool, dude." Right on.
1: <laughs> With a lot of travel, a lot of travel memories in your in your brain. Yeah, yeah, definitely happy to have achieved a lot of that. I mean, I started at a young age too. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, pick your pick your three songs. Put them in front of you. One you have to um, remove from existence. It never occurred, and all the implications therein. The other one, you will guarantee that a thousand years from now, people will still be listening to it, and the third one will be what music becomes for you for the rest of your life. Oh, that I have to listen to forever. That's all you get mm. musically. <laughs>
0: that's so horrible. <laughs> yeah. If you really have a spring in your step with that, <laughs> uh, that's like a. That's like a. Death sentence for me because I'm like, hmm, what do I, what would I like to listen to today? What's what going to sit my mood? the longest? Yeah, the longest, right. Um, probably the one that could just eliminate forever would be the Got, got You song, that one. Uh, the, uh, wait, Got Ye? Got Ye? Yeah, yeah. Yes. yes. Got Ye? That one, I mean, yeah, whatever.
1: Gone. Uh, okay. It's a nice song, but it's sad. And you can, you know, you had other cool moments besides that Canyon moment. <laughs> oh, I don't get the moments. Either. You don't get the moments. <laughs> Could it just not have a song at the moment? <laughs> it would have been some other song. Yeah. 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 It
0: would have been some country song. Um, then the one that uh, I would have to listen to forever. Um, I'd probably pick the Keller and the Keels one because it's just so random and it's just, it's funny and it's goofy and it has all those elements. And I think that, you know, bluegrass and string musicianship, you know, should just stay around and be reincarnated over and over again. So,
1: and so that means the, oh, hold on. <laughs> sorry. The one to be brought goat, goat, go, go, goat, goat, like, goat, 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 yay. Go-t-ay. Oh, not goat. Yeah. Goat, yay, yay. Uh, no, the other one's not. The other one's not broadcast. The other one is. Um, it becomes music for you. Oh yeah, I have to listen to forever. Yes. Yeah, I would listen to Mark Anthony forever. Okay, cool. Uh, time to recommend your three people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So for my three people. Uh, the first would is it's definitely going to have to be my wife, Julie Gerhard, okay. who is the um, uh, director at the Cape Coral Art Center. Cool. And she's got some good stories, and she got me into a lot of the music that I know and love now. So awesome. She's a game we can changer make that for happen. me. Yep, I know where to find her. And then um, the second is Cesar Aguilera, okay. the curator down at Sydney Byrne Davis, who I'm sure has got some. Great stories there with uh, his past, and love to hear more. I would look. I would love to
1: do that. So Definitely, we'll make that work he might too. have some metal for you. I don't know. You've got know some. You've a... got some gettable people for us. Yeah. Far. So who's number three? The
0: number three, and um, so this is. I've worked with a lot of like just really cool artists and just people I really admire. And this one, she just came on her and just really badass, like lifelong artists who have just you know, despite all odds through everything, have continued and persevered, and are just amazing people. Um, and she stands out for me huge. She just celebrated her 90th birthday last week. And I met her probably five, six years ago down at um, in Bonita Springs. And uh, her name's Joan
1: Sonberg. Okay. I've seen that name before. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She's a big Naples artist. And, and I'm sure uh, she's awesome been in, uh,
1: Alliance shows over the years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah I mm-hmm. definitely recognize that name. Okay. Well, we'll make that. We'll make all three happen one way or another. Might yeah. take a little while, but I'll, we'll do it. I'll help if you need uh, Any final thoughts to leave us with? Keep it funky, y'all. We will certainly keep it funky. Thank you. Thank you. We make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Kui is co-creator and producer. Tara Calligan is online content producer and host. Chris Duff is executive producer. A theme song was created by Dave, Dave, Dave Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. This week's Parting Tune, we're jumping back one year to episode 107 with director of internships and co-op programs at FGCU, Ashley Droves. For her first song story, she talked about growing up on an isolated ranch in California and being fascinated by her parents' record collection, especially the song "Inagada De Vida by Iron Butterfly, which was one of her mom's favorites.
0: I used to have her put this on and I would just dance like crazy in our living room. Like This was like I was like an animal child, just having so much fun, being completely myself, and she would play the 17-minute song and turn it up so loud for me. It was just one of those times that I remember being completely myself and really not caring. I mean, it brings me back immediately to just being in our living
1: room. Keep listening.
2: Next time on Three Song Stories. I was one of those guys
0: that really peaked in about eighth grade. I think I was.
2: kind of <laughs> got in.
0: Uh, I went to uh, peaked, it, for pe- your peaked for school For school years, yes, Not yes. For we'll, your we'll, years, yeah, we'll, we'll continue the stories. Yeah, I'll continue. I got need some more explanation. <laughs>